Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you. Welcome to Series 4 of the Tim Hill Podcast. In this series, it's Tim having a rant. That is me. So if you enjoy me having a bit of a rant and going on about what's going on in today's society, stay tuned. If you don't want to listen to me rant, well, you can always turn me off. Welcome to Tim's Rants. This time I'm going to do something slightly different. The other day on Sunday, October the 3rd, 2021, I attended the Reform UK Party Conference in Manchester. And this is going to be my report of that conference. This is the first time I've ever been to a any political party conference. And it was quite well run, although they did start running slightly behind. But that always happens at these things, I guess. Anyway, the Reform UK Party is a party of common sense. And I'll go through that as the day went on. Everybody that got up and spoke just made sense and common sense. What the Reform UK Party are looking at doing is getting into power. If they get into power, they will make so many changes for the better for this country. Anyway, we were welcomed by Paul Oakden, the Chief Executive of Reform UK. He opened the conference and welcomed everybody, and then he introduced John Kelly, who was the air or who is the area manager for the North West. And he welcomed all the attendees and he gave a, a, an overview of Manchester and a bit of Manchester's history and why the, the conference was held there. He then introduced Manchester's mayoral uh, candidate, Nick Buckley, MBE. And Nick went on and, and gave his insight and ambitions for the future. He had a clear, loud message. Uh, in the last election, 70% of the electorate hadn't used their vote and encouraged everybody to spread the word and to in- encourage people to go out and vote. I personally think they should bring in the same as they do in Australia, compulsory voting. If if you're of voting age, you must attend a voting station to cast a vote. Whether you're spoiled a vote or not is irrelevant, but you have to go and vote. That is the only way that we'll ever get a majority of anything. People are all too good at complaining about the government. And then when you ask them, well, did you vote for them? No, I don't vote. Well, <laughs> stop complaining. Is the answer there? If you don't vote, you don't get a choice of complaining. End of story. If you go and vote, yes, you might vote for the opposite party. Then you've got the um, 
then you can complain. But if you don't turn to and vote, forget it. Anyway, it moved on to the second guys that came up onto the stage and they were introduced as Derby councillors. And these two guys had the same name, Alan Graves and Alan Graves Jr. They fought in the local elections back in May and along with four other colleagues took six of the 51 seats in the Derby Council. And they pride themselves on being an absolute thorn in the side for the council. They are holding the rest of the council to task. They have overturned several several policies that have saved Derby taxpayers millions. So long may that last. And let's get more local guys and girls into local councils to be able to start getting this. Let's build the Reform UK Party from the ground up, from local councils, parish councils, and then just build it up and, and let the Reform UK Party in as the government. That's what I'd like to see anyway. Next up on the stage was uh, Kai Dewar. He was from Wales, and what a powerful speech. Whoa, we need this guy. <laughs> he, he gave such a, such a powerful speech. It was brilliant. It held the whole hall captivated. And following on from him, I mean, he, he gave the situation as it sits at the moment in Wales, how bleak the situation is under the Labour government at the moment. And he said, Wales needs this change. And along with Wales as a great nation, the rest of the country is a great nation and we need this party to get in. I feel sorry for Dr David Bull that followed him. However, he did hold his own and was just as good, putting across what he did or, or what his role was within the party as a deputy leader, supporting the leader and the rest of the executive. Dr David Ball has come from a, a media background. Well, he started off as a proper doctor and then he got involved with television and he brings a lot of expertise from the media side of life. Uh, appearing on lots and lots of TV programmes. He's had his own programme at one stage uh, for, for children. And he's passionate about reforming the NHS, stopping the waste and bringing about zero waiting lists. He reckons it's possible that the system's there in place for it to happen now. After that, we had a bit of a, a short break for a cup of coffee. And then when we came back in after the break, a young lady of 22 just finished her degree uh, called Dominic Samuels, came with a, a refreshing view of of youngsters and, and the way young people feel at the moment. She's uh, uh, She's got over 84,000 followers on Twitter. She's a, a political commentator and writer and she appears on lots of um, lots of programmes like Talk Radio and GB News. And it was good to see that she managed to get her degree despite of the pandemic 
and that she explained the difficulties in getting that during the, the pandemic. It, it's not difficult, or it, it was difficult, but the education system has to be there for the young people and not for the teachers. The teachers are there to be able to teach, and for the teaching unions to keep pulling uh, or to closing down schools, etc., is unacceptable. And this is the point that she put across. And the cost of a university education needs to be looked at, particularly over the last two years where students have actually not been able to get face-to-face teaching. So that was really, really powerful speech. Then Paul Oakden came back on to the stage and he gave his view of the future of the party. And he explained that anybody that was a, a paid-up member of the, the Brexit party was now, or a supporter of the Brexit party, is now going to be a full member of Reform UK, of which I am now one of them. I supported the, the, the Brexit party and now, as a consequence, I am a full member of the Reform UK party. Paul gave his account of the government's failings over the last 18 months and the way that they've taken away our freedoms and with such ease as well. And, and we have sat back and let it happen. He gave his vision that the Reform UK party will hold any government to task. And hopefully in the next elections, and we kind of think that it's going to be in about 20 months' time, the party is going to field 600 candidates across the country, hopefully in every constituency in the country, and we ain't going to step down one single candidate. We're going to fight every single seat in the country. That's their ambition. At the moment, they've got over 300 candidates all vetted and signed up. They, they reckon by Christmas we'll have another, uh, we'll be up to 400. So it's not far to go to get to the 600 by the next election. Next up came uh, Isabel Oakshot. Well, she's a, a political commentator. She's she's not affiliated to any predict, political party. And her assessment on this government was scathing. She didn't hold back. She gave it both barrels. She gave the reasons why this government has failed from the topics of immigration to handling the the pandemic and the shortage of drivers and the food shortages that we're likely to see in this country because of shortages. And and she said, it's all down to this government. I wasn't going to argue with her. (laughs) She's far too forceful for that. Then the leader of the party came onto the to the stage, uh, rounding off a thought-provoking morning. He started by thanking everybody who turned up to the event and he gave his vision for the economic growth and recovery of the country and with luck will be the envy of the world once again. He mentioned reforming the, the NHS and his passion for it and reviewing the inefficiencies 
of the NHS management structure. But he said that Dr David Ball was going to give a full brief on that later in the day, which he did, and I'll come to that eventually. He also said that uh, they've hired a bus with a, a slogan that's going round um, round Manchester at the moment, saying, the Tory, the Tory boiler ban will freeze your gran, which apparently has got up the notice of the Conservatives. <laughs> I haven't seen the bus myself, but um, the, the Tories are going on about the emissions and getting rid of gas boilers ain't going to work. <laughs> it just ain't going to work. What I haven't taken into consideration is how they, if we get rid of the gas, and, and that's a problem at the moment because we farmed out our gas storage to uh, the Dutch so they can uh, turn off the tap at any time. And, and this is one of the other things that, uh, that's been going on. And I'll come on to the energy and emissions crisis uh, a little bit later. So anyway, after, after um, Richard Tice had finished, he's, uh, oh no, he, he went on a bit more. He highlighted that the fact that the Chinese own most of our utilities companies and could switch off our gas, electric and water at a drop of a hat. This is something that needs to be addressed and it needs to be addressed fairly quickly. We can't allow our utilities to be sold off to foreign companies. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. No other country in the world does it. The Americans have got written into their constitution that no foreign company can operate or buy up any of their utilities, any of their infrastructure. We should instigate that. Why the government sold off uh, our utilities and our infrastructure is beyond belief. It's so easy for a foreign power to hold us over a barrel. Anyway, we then stopped for lunch. After lunch, we came back in and uh, we had a view from from the the situation in Scotland by a guy called David Kirkwood, who is a candidate for Scotland. And he highlighted the reality of the failings and the draconian measures that the SNP have imposed on the population, leading to, to freedoms being taken away from the people of Scotland. The SNP have done a particularly bad job in Scotland over the last 10 years. From failings on the NHS to having the highest drugs-related deaths in the Western world. It just buggers belief. And they just haven't tackled that problem. Nicola Sturgeon is so hell-bent on getting independence for Scotland, that it occupies everything that the SNP do. And they don't concentrate on any of the issues in Scotland. After David, um, next up was a guy called Alex Wilson. He was a Tory party candidate who stood in the Amersham and Chesham by-elections back in uh, just a short while ago. Although he didn't win he put the name of the Reform Party UK out there. 
he gave his view of the situation in London and how a candidate was fielded in every ward in London in the Assembly elections back in May. He then introduced two candidates from London who will be standing in the next election and their aim is to give people in London a choice. After that, after them, uh, Kirsty Wormsley gave a passionate speech about the education system and how it had failed not only her children, but also children across the whole of the UK, especially during the lockdown. She spoke of how the education system had un- had been underfunded for decades and the changes were needed going forward and she outlined some of the changes that could be made to to bring this about. Following her was uh, Julian Mullins, QC. He stood as the Police and Crimes Commissioner in uh, Wiltshire twice, as it had to be rerun, due to the Conservative candidate being a crook. (laughs) That, That gave the whole conference... A bit of a giggle. He then went on to speak how when we get into government, we would improve the criminal and civil justice system. He would be clearing the backlogs of the criminal trials and explained why we've got such a backlog backlog in criminal trials. And he was reviewing the legal aid system and how that needed some really serious shake-ups because anybody and everybody is entitled to, at the moment, entitled to to legal aid. And he was saying that most of the criminals that are are being charged have thousands of pounds and don't need that legal aid. Then, uh, continuing on from Richard Tice's earlier presentation, Patrick Benham-Crosswell gave more in-depth in uh, reviews of what the party's policy was on energy and emissions and he was stating how uh, how the the the, the party was going to do things what they want to do is get the emissions down keep the lights on and not break the economy he outlined the plans uh, for for go, doing away with the net zero Net zero, he said, just doesn't work. Especially since the IPCC had given us a target which was higher than zero that we could actually meet. He said that it's absolutely impossible for any country to meet zero emissions. It's just not possible because you've got to get power from somewhere and power is it just generates carbon emissions and he went on to, to saying how we need to take back our uh, utilities and how to build on what we've got uh, and we need to invest in renewables modular nuclear reactors supplied by Rolls Royce and we need a lot of those across the country we need to invest in, in wave power and we need to start extracting shale gas to become self-sufficient and to take back control of our utilities. 
He also set out, set out how these initiatives would be funded. Then came Claire Fox, Baroness Fox of Buckley, who addressed the conference uh, in the light of council culture. She isn't affiliated to any political party, but she goes around and she speaks to everybody. And she doesn't believe in cancelling anybody. She believes in debating everything. Uh, And free speech, particularly, underpins our society. And if you take away our free speech, you take away our liberties. And she gave a very, very thought-provoking speech. And uh, that led into the afternoon break. Coming back after the break, uh, we had uh, a retired Lieutenant Colonel Dominic Morehouse gave his personal perspective on reforming the armed forces and highlighted the need to reform the procurement procedure because it's broken. He also gave examples of the fiasco surrounding the retreat from Kabul. We heard about a death by suicide of a, a veteran British soldier who felt helpless to aid an interpreter friend and his family stranded in Kabul. This veteran had thought he and his fellow comrades had made a positive difference to the people of Afghanistan. But all the good has been overturned and innocent lives are now left in the hands of the Taliban. He spoke of lives lost and the mental anguish our veterans now suffer during this situation in Afghanistan. And I'm one of those. But you know where I come from on that. Anyway, moving on, Dr David Ball then had two attempts at delivering his presentation uh, to reform the health service and the care system. Halfway through his, um, his presentation, some bright spark decides that um, they didn't like his policies, so they set off a fire alarm and we had to clear the building. After the, uh, the fire brigade and every uh, had been in and checked the building, it was found that somebody had uh, done this maliciously. Clearly somebody didn't like the policies that were coming. So basically the policies that uh, to reform the... Uh, the NHS, would be first to get zero waiting lists. And he set out that this can be achieved within 18 months. Then the second point was to improve the management and reduce waste. The third point was to put control back in the hands of the patients. And the final point that he brought out was to build resilience into the system. And he spoke at length on how this was achievable and gave his view on how it should be done. And listening to him, I believe it can be done. But the problem is anybody that sort of mentions anything to do with reforming the the NHS is then uh, frowned upon and ostracised. So it's going to take some real bold plans to get this through and if we can get into power I believe 
that we can do it. Finally, Richard Tice then concluded the day by keeping Britain safe and secure. And he went on to the way that we would do this by achieving zero tolerance on crime, zero tolerance on antisocial behaviour and zero tolerance on illegal immigration. He also said that we need to see the police on the street and not policing tweets. Well, we can all hope that they do that. The way to bring down crime is to get bobbies on the beat. We know if you see a copper coming down the street, you're not going to be doing anything naughty. But for the police to go around policing tweets, somebody said something horrible to somebody, yeah, whatever. He wants to see better leadership at the head of the police and improve the management of the police service. Richard also said some said the same about the border force and its management needs sorting out. He wants to see foreign convicted criminals at the end of their sentences deported without question. And I think he's right on that one. Why do we want to keep convicted foreign criminals? They shouldn't, shouldn't. It's the same as the illegal immigrants, illegal migrants. They should be returned to where they came from. Without question. They're not asylum seekers. True asylum seekers hang on to their documents to prove who they are. They don't throw them away and then claim to be somebody else. It's wrong. Anyway, he wound up the uh, the conference, thanked everybody for coming, and I think the whole conference, the whole day, was really uplifting and gave a real positive vibe for the future. I, for one, will be supporting Reform UK and doing what I can to help get them into power. I don't think I'm a a candidate for standing for election, but I will do everything I can to help out whoever is. Again, I thank you for your time, and I thank you for listening. hope it wasn't too all-ronous for you, but hopefully I've given you an idea of what a different look, a different party from the, the two mainstream parties are doing and their policies are workable ones. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening and look forward to the next one. Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you.